and welcome to Dragon Bites Basics, the paediatric podcast aimed at healthcare students or anyone in need of a refresher about common paediatric conditions. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees here in Wales and one of the presenters for Dragon Bites. Each week, medical students will be joining paediatric doctors from Wales to discuss these common paediatric conditions and give them insights into paediatric problems that they may not have faced before. These episodes are just introductions and aren't meant to replace your regular revision. Remember, there will be some regional variations in practice and practice will change as new evidence comes to light. However, this is paediatrics made easy to help students get their head around some new concepts. Now that that intro bit's over, I just wanted to apologise for being away for so long. The Dragon Bites Basics team and I have been really busy over Christmas with our own stuff and we've been recording extra material for you. But it has been a while since we've been on the air, so it's time for us to get back in it. We last left Dragon Bites Basics doing the uh, developmental assessment. We had Dr Alice Knight, one of the paediatric registrars based in Wales, uh, explaining how the developmental assessment works to Francis Bainan, a medical student based at Swansea University. So we're going to pick up from where we left off last time. Let's get started. Building up our timeline now then. So yeah. this, is all, this is all brilliant. Speech and language then. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, again, speech and language and hearing fits into that. Mm-hmm. as well so um when you're about six weeks um you should be able to still um or startle at loud noises so um if if something bangs you know the the baby should sort of startle at that so six months um do you remember we said it's like a number six and you carry on yep. and it's like uh passing or or turning um so you'd expect them to be turning their head to loud noises um they will uh, babble. So if you write babble, you can make those double Bs in the middle look like number sixes if you want. Um, And that is your monosyllabic babbling is around about six months. Um, They'll also start to say um, bye-bye. Sorry, not say, scrap that. Um, They'll also start to understand um, bye-bye around about six, seven seven months roughly they'll start to understand no okay and then nine months then i guess would be the next one yeah so um they start responding to their own name um and also imitate um adult sounds so um this is called echolalia which i quite like the word because echo it's like repeating and Lelia uh, is to do with them um, how you speak. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, um, so they'll kind of copy the noises, but not actually say the word. So it might be like, um, if you're saying railway bridge, they might say railway bridge. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sense? Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Round about one year, so just broadly speaking, one year you expect them to be saying single words. Um, around two years, you expect them to be putting two words together. Good. And around yep. three years, they should be speaking in um, sentences. Okay, so there's good good links there again with with the age and the number of words. And... Exactly. 
Okay. There's some also some extra things to do with, um, uh, you know, when you're about um, between 12 months and 18 months, you should be starting to point at your own body part. So great, great uh, games to play with them. Where's your nose? Um, mm-hmm. Where's mummy's eyes? Um, and that's, you know, great pointing. Um, and um, it's sorry, fascinating that. No, it's fascinating that they're able to sort of point out specific body parts at mm. 12, 12 months old or even yeah. on somebody else. That's incredible. That I think it's, yeah, it's a little bit um, later at some, certainly around 18 months, you'd expect them to be able to point it um, mm. at, other, at others as well. So 15 to 18 months, I think that one is. Um, then there's there's more kind of complicated things. So you can go into more detail if you want um, in terms of um, understanding of nouns, understanding of verbs, understanding of prepositions and things like that. But I think we're kind of maybe going a little bit into a, a bit too much detail. Um, but certainly there are things you can look at um, if you want to kind of get those the, the absolute detail in. Yeah, I think we'll probably post a link to the developmental um, document that we're kind of reading off, really, on, on our website. <laughs> Don't on our website. <laughs> so I, th- I guess, is that, is that speech and language in a, in a nutshell? Pretty much. Yeah, okay. I mean, you can go into more detail there, but um, yeah, I think that's the, the key things. And, and mm. you don't want to get, the thing is, if you get bogged down by real, like, specifics, then you kind of just get a bit muddled up. So just keep it simple. So uh, our next domain then is social. Uh, mm-hmm. And I understand that one of the first things the babies do is, is to smile. Mm-hmm. Um, would I be right in thinking that if they're not smiling by eight weeks, that would be a red flag? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, you know, these poor parents have... Um, have just been looking after this baby probably with very little sleep and then around about six weeks they start getting some rewards where this baby starts socially smiling not just smiling when they fart um <laughs> and um <laughs> but yeah if they're not doing that by around eight weeks and that's a little bit concerning um because um you you just wonder whether there's a vision problem there um so yeah that's certainly something to have a chat with the health visitor if that was the case Okay, and then how how do children then parents have a chat with the house visitor? Sure, sure. uh, How do then children progress through our social domain? What what happens next? Um, so around about six months, you're in that rolling or passing. Um, so putting a lot of um a lot of things to their mouth. That's a big way that they explore things when they're when they're that age. Um shakes a rattle um and um reaches for milk whether that's breast or bottle um so yeah they all kind of like if if you you can either go by domain or you can go across and think about what a child would do when they're around six months um and they all kind of fit together don't they because they're able to pick up things they're able to pass them to their hands they're able to shake Mm. a rattle those put things to their mouth those kind of things Okay. Um, for nine months, um, 
there's very big variation here, but starting to be aware of strangers. And um, when they're quite little, they're just delighted to, you know, be with anyone. Um, around about nine, six to nine months, um, up until about two years, they start being aware of strangers. Um and um being just a like being have that stranger danger being a little bit mm. fearful um yeah some kids more than others and some kids don't seem to really go through that very much but others it lasts much longer yeah um, i think and so yeah I think, I think stranger danger is definitely uh something that's cropped up with us a couple of times mm. uh, certainly something to be aware of when when do children start to sort of wave bye-bye or play peekaboo um so that's around um 12 months so um yeah then uh hold on let me just think of this um yeah so they're really getting quite interactive when they're about a year old um so they are um waving bye-bye hand clapping you know if you're happy and you know it that sort of thing um and yeah so that's a really kind of fun age where they're kind of developing those much more sociable skills and they might start being um more confident to play independently um if but if they know that a familiar person is nearby um and starting to be able to drink from a beaker with a lid so um yeah starting to develop a couple of sort of more um skills but also really just enjoying that social interaction um around about 18 months they might start to copy um imitate everyday activities so um uh it depends it depends how much cleaning their parents do but they might start imitating them them doing cleaning um or um trying to push a push chair um that sort of thing um yeah around about two years um they start they they should be able to eat with um a spoon around two two and a half years um and then it's it's older when they're able to use an um a fork and spoon around about three years and knife and fork when they're ready to go to school around four years um there's some more things with play um so around about three years more happy with um playing alone without their parents there um okay some are more clingy um and <laughs> they say that they're supposed to be uh begin to share toys with friends but hmm. i think that's quite a big learning curve that's like a big challenge when you're three learning to share your toys um, is there a discrepancy between symbolic play or parallel play yes so yeah, so symbolic play is, I think, kind of imitating everyday activities. So oh, I see. It, or, or it might be like where you use your, um, I don't know, pretend that a block is a car. Mm-hmm. So you'll like go push it around and, you know, go and pretend that it's a car. Um, yeah. Whereas parallel play is where you're, you've got your two, you've got two kids who are quite happily playing alongside each other, but not playing necessarily with each other. Okay. So they're kind of parallel. So they're, they're kind of happy playing with other people around, but not necessarily playing with other children. I understand. That makes, makes good sense. Thank you. 
And then when you get to around four, you've just got to think, right, this kid is getting ready to go to school. Um, so they, you know, they need to have, they need to be toilet trained. So they need to have bladder control. Um, they kind of are fairly good at eating without much help because they're going to be going to school with their packed lunch or school dinners. Um, and able to dress and undress. They might need some help with like buttons and and zips and things, but certainly, you know, you've got to think, well, they're going to be going and doing PE. And I I know it takes quite a long time, but they should be sort of able to help with, um, they should be able to do most of the dressing and undressing themselves. Um, They might start to have a a best friend um, or can say who their friends are. um, And, might start well they should be sort of showing concern or sympathy for others if they if they get hurt so that you're like you just got to think what what would you want a kid to be able to do by the time they're going to school you know they need to be able to play with others they they have friends um they'll be concerned if they fall over they need to be able to go um go to the toilet um they need to be able to eat their school dinner and they need to be able to help get well they need to be able to um get ready for PE so that's your kind of you know knowing what a four-year-old should should be able to do and obviously there's a range with that as well that's absolutely fantastic so I think we've pretty much covered there um the domains and and we've got yeah. built up a nice nice timeline um and then as a general rule of thumb we're kind of saying that the next box if they're not able to do a particular mm-hmm. task task by the next box in terms of uh, the next uh step in in our age timeline so that's mm-hmm. roughly the red the red flag zone yeah um, and then the key ones is is not walking by 18 months and not uh, no social smile by eight weeks fantastic okay doke That seems like a reasonable place to leave this episode for now. Join us again next week for the remainder of this series. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites Basics.